For those who may not know, the arrangements of our furniture in the back is not a normal occurrence. Uh, VBS is this week, and we're dealing with Moses. And you may know that uh, I've been talking a little bit more about Joshua. But that is because Lads the Leaders this next year is dealing with Joshua. So it's just a nice happenstance that we're working these together at this time. If you've had manna for 40 years, you might be grateful for something new. For the Israelites, something new happened when they crossed the Jordan. New food and a new land. Not only was the Passover a special time for the people before they left Egypt, it was a special time right after they crossed the Jordan. But the greatest factor that must be agreed on is God's direction. God brings the victory. God upholds his promises. And the lesson is called Joshua crossing the Jordan. From God, from Joshua with expectation. The first point, from God. One of the challenges churches have in this world is forgetting where the true source of direction comes from. First and foremost, it comes from God. Second, in the case of Israel, at the time of Joshua, prior, just prior to crossing the Jordan River, Joshua is where direction came from. Joshua received direction directly from God. He may not have received it exactly the same way Moses did, but he did receive precise direction. Third, the people were expected to follow that direction. And during the time of Joshua, the people were great at following God's direction. They were great at following God's expectation. Churches, we know as people, right, who follow Christ, those who put God second tend to do things differently in their practice. This dilemma can be seen even in the first century churches. Scripture teaches about problems in some of the churches and even among some of the local congregational leaders. Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1-3, I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Sometimes church leaders direct people falsely and say it's from God. Sometimes the people desire change that God never has agreed on, and they get human leaders to buy into their personal desires. But following God is just that, following God. You see, God keeps his promises. Living in our nation, as Lee pointed out, 
this morning is difficult to see how so many people have pursued sin against God. When we look at our nation, it's so difficult. It's not new, but it's difficult. But the followers of God have hope in whatever nation they find themselves. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Acts chapter 10, verse 35. We know that God allows nations to be set up, but we also know God can bring down nations, any nation, like Sodom and Gomorrah or northern Israel. But we also know the people of Canaan before Israel came in. They lived in great sin, according to Deuteronomy chapter 18, 9 through 14. They burned their children, male and female children, alive on their offerings to their God. This is how far they've come. Should I say anything more? But I can. They practice divination, fortunes, interpreting omens, sorcery, charms, mediums, that is witchcraft, necromancers, speakers to the dead. Did God allow them to be there in the first place? Yes. Did God give them a great deal of time to repent? Does he not everybody? Did they fall so far that God's justice had to be enforced? It seems so. And Israel was part of God's tool to bring about God's justice. God expects Israel to follow him as well. Israel is just not going to get favor for doing anything they want to, are they? They still need to follow God's expectations that he has for mankind. Is this a new concept? For Israel, the law of Moses was given. Where did it come from? God. Moses and Joshua were given major leadership roles. Who gave it to them? God did. And even Joshua was not allowed to deviate from the law of Moses. As God said to Joshua, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Joshua 1.8 The second point from Joshua. Who was Joshua? Well, first and foremost, believe it or not, he was just a man. He was just a man but a faithful man of God. When Moses died at age 120, it is believed that Joshua would have been around age 85 years old. He was not a young man, but Joshua never considered himself old enough or wise enough not to listen to God. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. Joshua 1, 1 through 2. You see, Joshua was God's man. 
It is God who gave him the leadership just after the time of Moses. And it was God who exalted Joshua in the eyes of the people after they crossed the River Jordan. Joshua chapter 3, verse 7. But Joshua followed the law of Moses in any other directions that God gave him directly. You see, Joshua was a great leader. How? How was he a great leader? Well, when God said, get ready, Joshua directed the people to get ready. When God said, cross the Jordan, Joshua directed people to cross the Jordan. When God said, let the Ark of the Covenant stand in the center of Jordan, Joshua directed the priests to do that very thing. When God said, all males who were not circumcised in the wilderness must be circumcised, Joshua directed those males to have that very thing done. When God said, walk around the city of Jericho, Joshua directed the people to do it. When God said, keep the law of Moses in your mouth day and night, what did Joshua do? He did that very thing. One of the things that the leadership of Moses and Joshua showed was their devotion to God and their willingness to obey God. This led to their great leadership. Leaders in the Lord's church recognize that Jesus is the head of the church, the body, the people who are in Christ. Jesus, who is God, has taught through the Holy Spirit on how his people, his church, are to live. Even those who are given leadership in the, in the Lord's church like elders. John 17, 20 and 21, those elders need to live as God wants them to live. John 17, 20 and 21, I do not ask for these. This is Jesus' prayer. And he's referring there to the apostles. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me, being Jesus, through their word. Whose word? The apostles. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be in us. How can we be in God? Through following the apostles' word. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Because, in reality, only Jesus can save. Should our elders be transformed by God's word as all Christians should? Absolutely. And we, and when they share God's message, should they be listened to? Yes. But like all God's leaders, they recognize the true, true direction does not come from them. It comes from God alone. And he gave us his word that we should have in our mouth all day long. Following God in his directions will help us cross our Jordan rivers that we have as a people and as individuals. The third point is with expectation. The original 
Israelites under Moses' leadership who left Egypt could be compared with those who came out of the wilderness and into Canaan land. I think that would be an interesting comparison study. Were they a different sort of people than those who came uh, from the those who came out of Egypt and those who came out of the wilderness? No, they were the same people, meaning they were all related, they were all Hebrews. But those two groups of people, the one that came out of Egypt and the one who came out of the wilderness, particularly the ones that went into the Jordan, Canaan land, had a different kind of expectation. The original people coming out of Egypt continued to lose hope with God and with Moses, as Justin was studying and let us know about this morning. They complained. I think the passage uses grumble, right? Grumbled about food, water, and Moses' leadership. Oh. In essence, they were complaining about who set it all up in the first place. God. They were complaining about God. Even when they were recipients of God's many miracles in their lives, they feared the people of Canaan land. Numbers chapter 13 through 14. The first opportunity they had to go claim the promised land. They feared, even though they were witnesses to these great marvelous acts of God, knowing that God would take care of it. But they thought of themselves. How can we handle those people? And because of that, those 20 and older at that time were to fall in the wilderness and not enter the land of promise. But those Israelites who left the wilderness, particularly those who went into Canaan land, God fed them. Their shoes did not wear out, and Moses was securely known to be God's rightful leader. So when God sent them forth, at least this is how Scripture brings it up to us. They were willing. They were eager. They were ready to secure the promises of God. They were not grumblers, but were eager to hear God's message. What did God say to Joshua? What are we going to do? Joshua told us to get ready. How are we going to do that? Well, we know. Get our provisions going. Get in line. Get. They were eager to follow through on God's directions. They were expecting God to fulfill what was impossible for man. <clears throat> I think their example is a little bit better than the first group. I think about the people of Joshua's time. Those two spies they sent, he sent out. The first thing they had to do was cross the Jordan. At its most dangerous time of the season. If you remember that picture, it's a topographical. It's a valley. The water's from Mount Hermon, I believe. As they melt from the snow and the season and the rains, they're rushing down, overflowing the banks. It's not an easy river to cross. The spies crossed it. 
But they did it to fulfill the mission, to, to follow the leader, what the leader needed and wanted. Incidentally, the spies crossing does not seem to be a miracle. But it was not easy. In fact, during the time of King David, it was considered a, a heroic feat. Evidently, you know, when guys have to show their manhood. Or if they were a, a great heroic people, they would do, they do, women do this too, but men in general do things that prove their worth. Listen to 1 Chronicles 12, 15. This was during the time of King David. These are the men who crossed the Jordan in the first month when it was overflowing all its banks and put to flight all those in the valleys to the east and to the west. In context shows that this was a, a dangerous thing. But they did it. The people themselves who approached the Jordan had provisions all ready to go. Because Joshua said, hey, three days we're setting out to the Jordan. Get ready. Did they go, oh, we don't have enough food. Oh, we don't have enough water. Oh, no. Scripture, they went. They did what they were told to do. They understood that Joshua's message was from God. The people themselves who approached the Jordan noticed a focal point for them, the Ark of the Covenant, God's mercy seat, where God is said to have sat on his mercy seat. Of course, we know God is bigger than that. But the idea is what? They're following God. Evidently, God wanted them over in the same day. Well, if there's a million people, I mean, really? Well, he... According to statistics, with that certain a number of people, you'd need a mile stretch along the Jordan River for the people to line up to make it across. Can you imagine... I don't know how it was exactly, but say they were a mile long or they gathered. How are we going to cross that? Don't worry. Oh, look, the Ark of the Covenant. What's going to happen? I think Joshua already knew, but did all the people know? <clears throat> did Joshua have a meeting and say, this is what's going to happen? I don't get that picture. But the people did what? They prepared to go over. They got their provisions ready and they believed that Joshua, because of God, was going to lead them into the promised land at the first of the year, at the time when the waters are running so high that only great men years later did that as heroic feats. Little children and women, older and young, how would they cross such a, a thing that grown men, strong warriors, would have a hard time doing it on their own? 
God had to interject himself, and God did. And the people saw it. And in the eyes of the people, Joshua was elevated because God elevated him. And the people received the blessings. These people were people of expectation. They trusted God and his servant Joshua, and they showed it. They showed it by their ready action. Which people are we more alike? The ones who came out of Egypt, complaining and grumbling and fighting all the way, or the ones who by faith believe that God's going to fulfill what he's going to say he's going to fulfill, not knowing how, but getting ready to go because they listened to the leaders that God had for them. Do you see a pattern? Do you see a pattern? But lest we think that Joshua was all that, he was just a man. But he followed as a leader God's directions. And so did the people. So the lesson is Joshua crossing the Jordan. First point from God. Where is God in your priority list? Certainly he must be first. From Joshua. If God sets up a leadership structure and those leaders follow God, let us follow them. Third, with expectation. Do you expect God to keep his promises? Have you seen heaven yet? It's right there, over there. Let's line up. Let's get ready to go and follow the directions God has for us and follow those leaders who are following him. The lesson is yours. If there's anybody here this morning who has any needs or concerns, prayer requests, or feels that they need to understand something in a more deeper spiritual way. We have two elders here and three deacons and myself and so many others who can assist you. If there's anybody here who has that need, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.